Kara, did you see the Trump balloon? I sent a picture in the group chat. I did. I, I did. I did time. see that. It was so funny. <laughs> no time at all. Because literally as I was getting off the metro at McPherson Square, it was they had just announced it for like an hour. And people were already like gathered there. Dude, the week or the day. Millennials for all. This is a very special episode. Um, it is, we're recording this on a Sunday, and yesterday on November 7th, Joe Biden uh, was announced as our president elect. So after a week of very intense results, we finally got the final answer and it was close, but we made it. So how are you guys feeling? How did you all react when you heard the news? I think the first thing that comes to mind is like relief. Like we literally have been waiting like this whole week. It has been exhausting and like draining to say the least. Uh, I think everyone I've talked to was distracted this whole week and like scared legit I was studying and I had finally put my phone away yesterday and then I looked back at my phone as like a study break and I got like these like influx of text messages and I was like wait a minute ran to the living room turned on CNN to believe it um and uh yeah it I like cried literally like as soon as I found out it was yeah a, a sense of relief yeah it's it's crazy how like the whole election cycle it's like oh these states are going to be so important and it's like ohio and florida and then at the end the one we were focusing on the most was like freaking nevada out of nowhere and then they were taking forever and then we were like oh how about how about georgia maybe and then out of nowhere pennsylvania came through (laughs) i know exactly roller coaster yeah it was kind of funny because it's like we all forgot about Nevada as soon as PA came through. <laughs> You're like, sorry, like they stole oh, your thunder. You guys are taking too long. <laughs> yeah. Right, still counting. My uh, friend texted me, was like, none of the states wanted to be the first state to call it for Trump because they didn't want Trump supporters looking at them sideways. So everybody was just looking at each other like, you call it first. Yeah. yeah. You call yeah. It. I think more than anything this was a huge win for community organizers um, and black organizers because even in places like Michigan and Minnesota so many of the districts that helped flip those states for Biden happened because of organizers on the ground who were pushing for folks to come out to vote so for me quite honestly the happiness wasn't really for Joe Biden that I felt. I felt happy for the people who are working so hard for the past year, over a year, to make this win happen, even though they were offered barely anything for it. So I really hope that moving forward, the new administration recognizes that and addresses their needs because they really showed up for Biden, even though they didn't have to. It's really exciting to just be in the city and see everyone celebrating this like moment of hard work and relief. 
Yeah, I feel like everyone was holding their breath um, for the longest time until finally we had, you know, an elected winner. But honestly, too, I think for me, I was expecting some sort of like a landslide. I didn't realize like how close everything was. And then like during the week, you know, with everything happening, it was just like a lot. I wanted to just expand on like the landslide expectation that uh, Ro mentioned. Like on the day of election day slash night or whatever, like I was expecting, okay, we're going to have a winner that night. And then as the votes came in and as the numbers started trickling in, it was really scary to see and to hear that expanded his base because I was like following along. And when they started to say that the number of white women that voted for him last Mm -hmm. year the last term to now has increased and I was like wait like what like so over the four years all of this stuff that's happened and all of everything that's gone down like people he actually expanded his base and that just got me feeling some type of way and it was scary it was really scary yeah it's an overall win like yeah our administration the one that we wanted in is in now but there's a huge expansion in the base of those who really see Trump as this like demigod. It's not even like Trump, but it's just what he stands for, right? So like the racism and the sexism and every every type of phobia, all the hatred that he stands for. And I think it just goes to show how ingrained in this country and Trump is what Trump's campaign was one that kind of gave it a stronger voice than it had before. This election was also a disaster for down the ballot elections. The GOP gained five or six House seats and it doesn't seem like we're going to flip the Senate. So, and even on a lot of local races. So there's a very clear divide that it seems to be widening and that needs to be addressed like ASAP. I have a question about the Senate here. Is it currently 48-48 and with the two runoff elections in Georgia? You need 51 for majority. Democrats have Mm -hmm. 46 right now and Republicans have 48. So- mixed numbers but i wonder if that's because of the two end of like other party independent seats yeah maybe yeah i've been seeing 48 there's two other parties yeah which is i think independent so yeah they're independents however they like they have said that they're more aligned with the democratic party right so that's why you might see 48 48 okay so like if georgia was to win the runoff seats wouldn't it be 50 48 that still doesn't give a clear majority so I wonder what happens then yeah I don't know if there would be a majority I guess ideologically there would be a majority but like technically there wouldn't be so I don't know what they would do in that like who would be the senate leader (laughs) the vice president breaks the ties I'm pretty sure or someone you're right you're right I think you're right then at least like then there technically would be a democratic majority when it comes time to voting because of who gets the tie um break the ties yeah so those two races are gonna be super important i think there are special elections on like january 5th or something if you're in georgia i think the ballot request for the special elections is in december so make sure you go out and vote if you are in georgia or you could be like andrew yang and move to atlanta just so you can vote (laughs) should we all move to atlanta let's do it i was saying that earlier to somebody yeah, I like, said that, I was, Abby, we were yeah. talking about that. Where I was like, no, you stay where you are. You live there. <laughs> you flip your state. 
<laughs> Should we just like keep yeah. moving around and like flipping each state? Like, <laughs> is that voter fraud? <laughs> That's that sus. <laughs> yeah, it's a little sus. If you register, technically not voter fraud. I'm sure Republicans do the same thing. So hmm. <laughs> right. I'm gonna Democrats play hardball. Honestly, like I'm, I'm done being too. nice. Like, yeah, yeah, that's I'm what not- I've been saying. Mm-hmm. Like, even uh, during the debates, I was like, bro, like, you need to, like, fight back with fire. Being decent, it just isn't going to cut it. Yeah, I agree. He ran his whole campaign off of being, like, decent and being a uniter, even though that was clearly not the other side's, like, end game. But yeah. I think now that he's won the elections, November and January before inaugurations are going to be very chaotic. chaotic. <laughs> Yeah, Trump is going to, I feel like he's going to try to do anything and everything he possibly can to make sure that when Biden takes office, he'll have so many issues to deal with that by the time he's up for Mm re-election in 2024, the Republicans can blame him for whatever horrifying thing happens, his inability to like recover from whatever Trump basically set him up for, like set him up for failures, then they can attack him for it later. Can we just take this moment to commend Stacey Abrams for everything she did? Like, I just want to give her like huge shout out, huge round of applause. Like, it's it's amazing to be able to do that. And she wasn't was the only involved. one. There were four other yeah. black organizers in Georgia who did a lot of work to make that happen. They're literally the only ones who I like feel like should deserve the credit for this election. And I really am like praying that the Biden administration recognizes that. And I think that's going to be like one of the things that people are going to be looking for in his like the next four years, actually sticking to that promise of bringing like the black, not not a seat at the table, but actually like listening to black issues and having black at in these conversations to address these problems. I know during his acceptance speech, he thanked Black voters, saying that he couldn't have done it without them, not specifically thanking the Black organizers, but Black voters in general, because this was like the most voter turnout. And in many of the cities, it was the Black voters that turned the tides for him. Mm-hmm. And that he acknowledged it was nice, but like whether or not like acknowledgement is good and it's whatnot, enough. but yeah, action. Exactly, like you it needs to, like, it needs to be backed up. Plan. I don't know, I'm hopeful. And I'm excited, but at the same time, I wasn't excited about Joe Biden. I, there's a lot of like mixed emotions. I hope like he puts action behind the words that he's been saying. I just hope people continue with their activism post-Trump mm-hmm. and continue to hold Biden accountable. I feel like the past like few months, especially, it's been like, oh, we can't like point out Biden's flaws because then we're like hindering his campaign. And so it's like, okay, let's like first just get him to office and then we'll push him left. So it's like, okay, now that he is elected, I hope that people remember to continue their activism and hold the administration accountable. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you guys have said. And I think one of the bigger questions I have, especially, especially I'm sure our listeners are probably asking like, how do we hold this new administration accountable? And and just a comment before you, uh, before you guys answer that is like, I think part of the reason why we all voted for Joe Biden and he won is because it wasn't about what he could bring to the table. It's about getting Trump out. And I heard that a yeah. lot. But now that like, we know these root causes are still there. And we know that you know, Biden's made a lot of promises. How do we as like, you know, voters and people of the society, how do we hold them accountable? And how do we hold these policies accountable in our own um, communities? Like, what would you guys suggest? 
I'd say organizing is definitely something that should continue on. And like, like for me, I, for the easiest things that I like to do, even in non-election years, example, minimum wage. So it's like, okay, we want to raise minimum wage to $15. What are some things you can do? You can very easily email your Congress people. You can email senators and sign petitions and things like that. Those are like easy things to do that take like two seconds. You can go a step further try to get in touch with like organize organizing groups locally to see like what their plan is and volunteer with them. Um, I think at the end of the day is like keep pushing forward in any way you can. Even just talking to friends and family and neighbors and classmates and coworkers about these issues because they aren't as radical as they're made to seem. We have social media too. I think social media is a great tool to use to advocate for certain issues. It's just easy to get lax about speaking out about things. We're about to have a president who's going to be way more well-spoken than Trump, right? Just because someone's more well-spoken doesn't mean that we should let them off the hook. I think this is less so for like at the individual level more so his what his cabinet looks like and who are the people he surrounds himself with will also matter Had a lot of organizers say like you know they felt that biden would be the candidate that they would be able to work with they're not right able to work with right Trump. they're so, not able to exactly i actually read this article that i was telling nick about it before it was in the tampa bay local tampa bay news but there was this candidate her name is uh anna escamani escamani yeah she's an orlando representative and she was saying how so there was an amendment in florida that was going to be passed for raising minimum wage to 15 dollars. the amendment passed with flying colors like 60 percent of voters across both parties like voted for this amendment to pass democrats reached out to her because she was kind of like this rising star in orlando and she's a progressive candidate they reached out to her saying that you shouldn't advocate for this amendment because our corporate donors don't want to support this amendment. And so here you have like this party that's like the Florida Dems who are like telling you like, hey, like don't advocate for this amendment. When the amendment passes with flying colors and what happens, she wins her race because she did advocate for it. But a lot of Dems who didn't advocate for it lost their seats. It's, it's frustrating to hear. It's going to be very important in the coming months for our leadership to understand that like these are issues that they should be fighting for and not be scared to support. And yeah, so like, you know, show support to those candidates who do advocate for those issues. I talked to my dad about the minimum wage issue the other day. And he was saying like businesses, business owners, corporations, they're not going to go for that. Like, $15 an hour. I mean, that is either less money to them, or they have to make cuts somewhere. Like, they don't want to do that. And I was, and I explained to him like, but there's, or I pushed back and I was like, but there's more workers than there are business owners. Employees, the working class are going to want a higher wage. I don't understand when people vote against that because it's like a vote against themselves. But I guess they feel threatened that they'll lose their jobs because it's a higher wage. And I, I guess I, I bring that up because earlier when was talking about like the landslide victory how it was surprising that it, it was it was so close in conversations that I was having I kind of realized like maybe why it was so close aside from like the racism and the bigotry right like there's that crowd who will always vote for Trump they were never gonna consider another candidate I think there's the other side 
that like of the working class Americans that some of them were swayed by the promises that the administration made. One example is that they that Trump said that he would pass another stimulus bill um, giving people their checks to support them during the crisis. And I think people, at, at least my dad was t- telling me that some of his coworkers who are people of color voted because of that. And I mean, if that's just like a handful, who knows like how many people were truly affected by that. Gabby, I love how you bring this up because yeah, when I was thinking through that as well, it's like, why, why don't we have a landslide victory? And given like just the past four years has just been so divisive, cancel culture like became a thing. And to be honest, like I'm not a big like supporter of cancel culture because that's what's causing like such polarized like parties, I think. And it really loses really conversations, like essentially like what you're you're talking about right now. Like when, when it comes to minimum wage, for instance, it's like a no brainer. Of course, we all need you know, um, like a higher minimum wage just to be able to obtain necessary things to survive, right? It's it's just our fundamental toll right for it. But I think what happens is for these policies that are being like implemented, it's it has to be a multifaceted solution because you're essentially trying to solve, you know, complex like problems. And obviously when people vote, people vote with interest. But when we have cancel culture, when we don't have these discussions, like we lose out in understanding what are like people's interests, right? And I just hope that with this new administration, we we will continue having these conversations and people who, you know, were so for Trump won't end up like in hiding or won't end up like resenting, staying quiet. Goes into just like political leaders doing a better job of explaining things because there's so much like misconceptions out there about certain issues. I was reading that the reason why the polls were so off was because when medias were polling people, a lot of people lied about their support of Trump, especially like. And I have to look up where I read this because I don't want to like state something false, but that a lot of upper class white people who may have voted for Trump would have like could have put in the polls that they were voting for Biden out of like shame or embarrassment or they didn't want people to know yeah. that that's who they were supporting. And so that's why it was such a surprise on election night that Trump was doing so well. And that also there's a lot of work that organiz- organizers need to do instead of like trying to organize to get black people to vote because black organizers are already doing this white organizers yeah. need to go exactly there's a lot of trump supporters and talk to them that's something um aoc mentioned in her new york times interview which everyone should go read <laughs> but um she mentioned how when we have to address the white voters and why they are voting like they are right now because we can't win without their vote either and yeah i think like it's time for white organizers to like do their part and knock on doors and talk to people to figure out like what's going on there and uh dispel some of the misconceptions so like we mentioned earlier um trump's base expanded but like do we know why or what like really resonated with them to vote for Trump. No, I was going to say part of it, I feel like it's fear mongering. Like he 
has run his election on a campaign of fear where he is like putting mm-hmm. their worst fears like oh, if you don't vote for me the Biden administration is going to do this they're going to take away your your um rights they're going to raise your taxes like oh they're going to take away like, your jobs worst. with the climate yeah oh, mm-hmm. okay I wanted to add, I think Hira had mentioned how like we need to communicate with, you know, the voters and like there there's a bunch of misconceptions of like what these policies will do. And I think that actually feeds into how Trump expanded his base because I don't quote me on this, but I think I was reading how like a lot of the more educated people voted for Biden. So I think also it's like that literacy, right? So like I can speak for myself when I say my political literacy before Trump got into office was like near, like zero. I just knew what I learned in high school, forgot that because I went into bio. Then I met all of you wonderful people and my finance, my political literacy went up. If I was someone who lived in just like a very homogenous area with just a lot of other white people, you just believe what you see on TV. Guys, I found the AOC quote, so I'm going to read it. (laughs) Okay, so basically they asked her, is there anything that from Tuesday that surprised you? And she said, the share of white support for Trump. I thought the polling was off, but just seeing it, there was that feeling of realizing what work we have to do We need to do a lot of anti-racist, deep canvassing in this country, because if we keep losing white shares and just allowing Facebook to radicalize more and more elements of white voters and the white electorate, there's no amount of people of color and young people that you could turn out to offset that. Beautiful. I think a part of that, too, and again, like like Chris said, this is speculation, but I think he a, a bit of it was... Trump riding on the coattails of Amy Coney Barrett and that nomination to the Supreme Court. Because, I mean, that won a lot of evangelicals over. Abortion continues to be a hot topic in this country. Um, And from my perception, it seems like it's only growing. So I think that's like another, another issue that Democrats might have to figure out, like, how do we do touch that? also like how do we harness the power of religious leaders because I grew up in the Catholic school system mm-hmm. I grew up Catholic and they always said that there is no one way to be Catholic there's not a Catholic leader at least a proper one who will tell you which way to vote right mm-hmm. but somehow it's turned into like oh you gotta vote Republican I feel at least from my social media and sometimes what my religion teachers would say like just a, like one actually so let me I won't call her out but just one <laughs> so I feel like there's a little bit of that that needs to happen too some some organizing around the religious community yeah I agree 100 percent. that's a good point uh, well it's gonna be interesting to see how the next few years go. I want to give a quick shout out to anyone who volunteered to be a poll commissioner or to yes. count absentee. Like y'all are the real MVPs. Mm-hmm. Um, Seriously. Especially the one. Like, I mean, I'm shouting out myself a little bit, but like <laughs> y'all, we all had to deal with like, the anti-maskers and stuff who try to come in or people just trying to cause fights. That only happened twice. <laughs> The anti-mask, okay. Like, Two times too many. To happen. Yeah, for real. There were five anti-maskers, but we handled that really well. And I'm sure that there was other areas that were worse. So just want to give a shout out to all those volunteers. Yeah, Thanks, seriously. Volunteers. Thank you. That 
That is a stressful job to do, especially on election day. Um, and even those who are working the early voting polls, shout out to y'all for holding it down for the rest of us. And shout out to everyone else who volunteered and knocked on doors and canvassed. It's not an easy job to do, but it needs to be done. And those who did it, we appreciate you. 1000%. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is just our little elect- post election update. And hopefully, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for joining, guys. I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>